This is the Austin Rugby Podcast, your home for all rugby in Central Texas. We do our best to cover every level of rugby played here in the capital. And the goal of the podcast is to continue to grow the sport of rugby in Central Texas and the United States. Each contributor of the podcast has their own individual thoughts and opinions, which may or may not necessarily reflect those of the teams that they represent. But we all do our best to cover rugby here in Texas. As a disclaimer, some language may be explicit on the podcast, as we do not edit for time and full effect. I'm your host, Dustin. Thanks for joining Season 2 of the Austin Rugby Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Austin Rugby Podcast. My name is Dustin. As always, such a pleasure to have you joining us today. We got a lot of things to cover around Austin Rugby, so we really want to just jump right into it because we got a couple of guests on today, but we also want to talk a little bit about the Gilgronies match from last week against Utah and previewing this week's match against Old Glory. So let's start off by covering the Austin Blacks. D1 and D2 were the only teams in action for the Blacks last week, and they hosted the West Houston Lions. D1 was victorious with a score of 34-17 over West Houston. D2 also victorious with a 73-5 win over West Houston Lions. That takes the Blacks to 6-0 on the season in D1, 30 points. That's four points ahead of the Austin Huns. D2 takes sole leadership of the division with 23 points. They're four and two, and they sit just two points ahead of Fort Worth with 23 points. Moving over to cover the Austin Huns, all three teams were in action. D1 did D3 and spread pretty much throughout the entire state of Texas, it seemed like. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast last week, but it was uh, good to see that all three Huns teams did pull out a win. Huns D1 team was at Dallas Harlequins, came out with a 53 to 12 win over the Quins. That puts the Huns at five and one and four points back of the Austin Blacks leading up to the last couple of weeks of the season and that big matchup at Nixon Lane, which is coming right up around the corner. The D2 team went to Fort Worth and pulled out a fantastic victory, 15 to 14. That takes the standings for the Huns, just three and three. That takes the standings of the Huns D2 team at three and three, but nipping on the heels of Fort Worth and the Blacks who are leading that division. The D3 side traveled down to Corpus Christi and put a hurting on them. 71 to 12 for the Huns D3 side. That puts them in second place at 7-2 behind the undefeated Austin Blacks. Blacks D3 team at 45 points. Huns D3 at 36. And really making an exciting play in that central division. As for the other rugby club in the greater Austin area, the Orcs. They hosted Alamo City Rugby and got some redemption with that win, 66-5. to That puts the Oryx at 5-5 five five on their inaugural season and 27 points for the other rugby club. Moving over to the Austin Valkyries, the Valkyries D1 side traveled to Houston Athletic and won 19-12. While the 
Austin Valkyries D2 side hosted Dallas Athletic and pulled out a victory 51 to 22. So if you look at it, a solid weekend of club rugby in the greater Austin area, every team victorious. Man, talk about wins all around. If you count them up, that's the Austin Blacks D1, D2. Both of those teams won. All the Huns won. That's five. Add the Valkyries in. That's six. Add the Oryx. That's seven. Oh, excuse me. Valkyries, six and seven. Both D1 and D2 teams won. And the Oryx, that's eight. Eight wins for all Austin clubs in club play this past weekend. And of course, we'll talk about the Gilgronies in a little bit, but we want to get to some of our interviews. As you know, every week we are trying to bring on new Austin rugby players. We're trying to bring on people who love the sport of rugby as much as as much as I do, as much as everybody else does. Um, and I think it's important that we continue to bring on new players. We we had some great guys on two weeks ago or three weeks ago, excuse me. And then last week, of course, rather than some of the players, we brought on Mick Byrne. And then this week, wanted to bring on another new guest. So I'd like to welcome to the show, JP Novak. JP, how's it going, man? It's going great today. Thanks, Dustin, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, you are kind of a really unique situation because starting the year off, um, you know, you're you're a hun. As I will we'll make clear to everybody, you are a hun. You've been with the Huns for how many years now? You've been with the Huns. Uh, three years. Three years, and, and so three years being a hun and starting the season off this year, getting ready to go into the you know first couple rounds with the Huns, and then all of a sudden you get the call up from the Gilgronies. What was that like? Yeah, it was it was uh, surprising. So um, Drew invited me to their preseason training camp, uh, and, I, and I, he had went through Adam uh, Scheidler, our Huns head coach, to let me know that I'd been invited, and I sort of was like, are you sure? You know, why me? <laughs> um, you know, so, but, um, uh, Adam said, yeah, man, just, you know, go try it out. You don't have to make any long-term commitments, but I mean, at least give it a shot. So yeah, I just started joining them for the preseason camp. Um, you know, and I really enjoyed the, the, the guys, all the guys on the team were super welcoming and friendly and, um, you know, it was really enjoyable. So and then from there, you know, I didn't think much of it other than I would be, you know, kind of like a training guy, be on their practice squad, holding bags, you know, getting the other guys ready yeah. for games. And then, and, and and then all, all of a sudden I'm starting the first game. So it was pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was getting ready to say it. And then all of a sudden, then, you know, uh, Drew and, and Coach Simmons they said, okay, we're going to need you to come in and we're going to have you start the first game. <laughs> and that kind of, that throws you on a bit of a whirlwind too. And, you know, for those that don't know much about you, we were kind of talking about it right before we started recording is um, you're a little bit older than some of the lads that are out there right now um, by a couple of years, um, as you and I are fairly close in age. <laughs> but what, what was it like to be, you know, the, the, the old guy on the pitch, the, uh, the 39 year old coming in and you know, really you know, making some big tackles? And I, I thought you played a great game that, you know, that first that first match. So what was that like to, to get the call up? you know, kind of feeling your, you know, your career as a rugby player and everything else is you've made it to the professional level at, at 39, which is again, a little more, a little more years on you than some of the other guys that are out on the field at 25 and 26. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting because I'm new to rugby. I've only been playing rugby for three years. So I still feel like a rookie and that I'm learning the game 
and here I am around guys in their, you know, mid twenties who've been playing since they were little kids. Yeah. And so I, I don't feel like I'm the old man out there because I just, <laughs> I'm trying to learn so fast and soak it up and catch up with these guys that I actually feel like I'm the, the rookie, the young guy, the new guy. And I mean, physically, like, you know, we, we've been doing conditioning the last couple practices and, you know, I, I can pretty much outpace everybody. And I don't know if, and I've always heard that as you get older, your mental strength uh, increases your ability to handle discomfort and pain could actually go up. So I think in some ways I may not be uh, as explosive as I was when I was younger, but I have other advantages that are showing up and I'm using that to my, to my advantage. That's fantastic. So, you know, obviously, like you said, you, you've been playing for just a couple of years now, three years. I mean, it's, that's not a long time to play rugby. How did you, you know, how did you get to rugby from, from previous sports? As I think you, you mentioned, you, you played college football. How did you get to, to find rugby here in Austin? How did you get to find the Huns? And uh, what was the transition like, you know, for you? So it's an interesting story because my father was a national level rugby player for England. He played on the English national team from 1970 really? to 73. Yeah. Oh, and he, fun, fun fact for everybody on the podcast. Yeah. He's, you know, from, uh, where I was born in England, the town of Eastbourne, he's, uh, you know, he's got his picture up on the wall at the local rugby club. Um, because, you know, it's kind of a big deal to have a local guy make it to the national side. So, oh, for sure. um, you, you know, my, my dad being a big rugby player though, growing up, he, he tried to steer me out of, uh, violent sports. So he didn't want me to play American football. He didn't want me to play rugby because he ended up injuring his back later in his career. So he was trying to get me to play soccer and not be so violent. So growing up just playing soccer. And then in high school, um, I went out for the football team to be the kicker and, you know, really I was, you know, starting kicker and kind of, you know, figured out that I liked being uh, physical with people and just eventually sort of made my way up to being a starting football player and then got us a, uh, a chance to play division one football, James Madison. Um, so that, that was kind of a, a roundabout way to get to, to football. Um, but then after football ended in college, you know, I just was playing basketball around Austin, you know, in different leagues and, and different things. And a friend uh, took me out to the Huns blacks game in 20, 2017, when the Huns went on to win the division one national championship. Mm -hmm. And I saw that game and I was like, wow, this is like basketball, but combines sort of my love of, of physicality and, and a little bit of violence like football. And so I was immediately was like, Oh, I want to do this. And I went to my dad and I said, Hey dad, I want to play rugby. And he tried to talk me out of it. Really? Yeah. I was 36. He's like, you're 36 years old. You've got <laughs> two, two children. You got a business you're running. He's like, don't do it. You'll get hurt. And I said, yeah, I understand all these risks and I get it. Um, I know it's going to be hard, but I really want to do this. And I'm at a point in my life where I feel like if I don't do it now, I may regret it later. Man, so, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty awesome story. You know, just kind of with, with all the different facets and all the different you know, ways that rugby found its way back into your life. <laughs> <laughs> and the most beautiful thing about it all is it, it's, brought me to my father and I are as close now as we've ever been because we have, he's been sort of my coach at home. 
Right. Yeah. So every, every day after practice, I call him up and let him know what's happening. You know, we watch film together and he's been coaching me. So I get a lot of attention from him in helping me improve my rugby game. But, you know, just as a, actually the best thing is it's improved our relationship. So I've been really proud of that. Oh, that's fantastic. Is that, so, is he here in town? Do you get to kind of meet up or is he? Yeah. 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 yeah he, he's in Austin and he was out at the, um, AGs versus Toronto game and I'm oh. standing there for the national anthem and I look over and I'm just like about to start crying my eyes out looking at my parents <laughs> in, in the stands. Who, who are also probably crying about to cry their eyes out. Or Yeah. I heard the same from them. Yeah. It was a very emotional moment, but it was, I've never felt so sort of, proud of myself and feeling blessed to be out there at the same oh, time. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's, you know, you said it, you know, as being kind of one of those proud moments, I think anybody who, you know, I, I don't care what sport you play, you can be a professional surfer, you can be, you know, roll, you know, skater, basketball, football to get to the top level of whatever sport that you're in and in whatever country you're in, if it's professional rugby in the U S or if it's, you know, you name it, you know, professional soccer in Iran or whatever, you're at the top level in, in that area. You're the top level and one of the top athletes in that sport. So, you know, a lot, a lot of credit to, to you, you know, coming into the sport at a, at a later age, you know, 30, you say probably you know, 36, 36, yeah. 36 and now becoming a, um, an MLR capped, um, you know, athlete, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. And, yeah, you know, you. it's, it's, uh, it's something that kind of, you know, gives gives us who have been out of the game for a while and and old and injured. Can I make a comeback? And the answer that I'll have for that is no. Uh, my, my, my comeback will never happen, and I'll continue to do the podcast. So, well, that's you know, I think it's great that you know you're still you're still active. Um, obviously, I, I, you weren't in the squad last week. You've been playing. You do play at the Huns when you aren't playing with the Gilgronies. Um, you know what's what's been the season like so far for for you guys in the Huns? You know you're in a pretty tight race with the Blacks uh, at, at top of D one right now. Yeah. So when we when we won the national championship in tw- 2017, we beat the Blacks twice, and then we lost pretty much our entire team to the Austin elite, the new, the first year of the MLR. So that next year we're coming off that super high. And then the next year, I don't think we won a game. I mean, we were getting crushed by everybody by 80 to 90 points. Mm -hmm. And I almost like quit. And I was like, I don't want to be on a terrible team. You know, I, I was like, should I go over to the blacks and play for a, you know, a winner? And, um, but, you know, I really love the guys I played with and I, and I love the club. So I was like, you know what, this is my sort of opportunity to build something and not just join something that's already great to build something great. So, you know, we've put a ton of work in. I'm on the board of the Huns. Um, and, you know, this year we, we've only lost one game and that's to the Blacks. Uh, we won every every other game, beat Dallas Reds twice now. And we got our second game against the blacks coming up next weekend next weekend. That's it. So that's a big match. There's a lot of big opportunities there for D one D two and, and D three yep. as well. Yep. So we're having a great season. Um, you know, the guys are putting in a lot of effort. Um, we're, you know, we were watching film at my house last night. We had 15 guys over at my place watching the, the blacks first game, just, you know, trying to get our strategy right and dialed in. And, uh, you know, so guys are putting in a lot of effort. And one of the challenges for me was for the last two years, we put in so much work to build up to this point. And then I'm getting called up to the AGs. And if I play in three MLR games, I'm disqualified from the club season. Yeah. 
And Coach Simmons is saying, hey, man, you know, we're, we're really short on second row forwards. We mm-hmm. really need you right now. Um, but, you know, later in the season, I think we're going to have some more international guys come in. So you, you may not get a chance to roster as much. But I, I was really torn because, you know, I didn't want to lose my chance to help the Huns compete for a national championship just by filling in a gap for the, for the AGs in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And, so and that's so, been a, it's been a balance trying to yeah, figure that out. I was going to ask you, you know, how, how hard is the struggle for that to, to have this dream of continuing to play, you know, major league rugby versus continuing to help the club that, that you've helped rebuild. You know, we talked with Bill Overton last week about, you know, what happened right after, you know, the 2016, 2017 season where everybody kind of goes to the MLR side now um, and the rebuilding that's happened over the past couple of years. And, and it's been a great rebuild with, you know, with Adam and a couple of the others that are on there, uh, yourself included, obviously. Well, you know, what's the, uh, what, is, what do you go through um, mentally thinking about, you know, what, what your priorities are, um, you know, to, to live out this dream of playing major league rugby or playing professional rugby. And then, but at the same time, wanting to continue to, to help build and, and drive your, your club team, the Huns forward. Yeah. So playing MLR was never my dream. I never even considered it to be a possibility <laughs> even, right. You know, yeah. I was, I felt I was lucky to be playing division one club rugby, you know? So this has all been a, just a surprise. Uh, my dream was to get the Huns back to the national championship. That's something I've thought about for the last couple of years. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, you know, and then, so we, when, when I went to Vegas and we played uh, Rooney rugby United, New York, and um, you know, I wasn't in town. Uh, I'd canceled actually a, a trip with my girlfriend to go to that, but then I didn't end up getting on the field. Um, you know, it's, it was like, gosh, like I was really struggling with what do I prioritize right now? Because this is, this experience with AGs is putting a lot of pressure on my personal life. You know, it's hard, it's hard to run my business when I'm doing two a days of rugby, you know, getting up at four 30 to be out at round rock for five 40 AM start to that practice, finish up there go to work then go to Hunt's practice at night. And then, you know, I've got a girlfriend, I've got children, I've got all these things. I was really feeling Doesn't sound like you're busy bit. at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think like I came back from that Vegas trip and I really had to sort of put things into perspective and prioritize. And so I, you know, I, I was like, I told coach uh, Simmons and, and uh, Andrew Siniula, I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to be out at practice every week. But you know, these key games coming up for the Huns are going to be my priority. Um, You know, beating the blacks is my priority right now. Um, You know, I, I love the, I love the AGs um, as I love the Huns, but I don't want to just be on the bench filling out the the roster as kind of like a, you know, a backup. I want to be a leader on the field, getting a plan chance to play a lot of minutes and start. So, yeah, so you're, you're a regular starter for the hunt. So it's not like you're, yeah, you're coming up yeah. for the huns either. So, but I think it's, that's, I mean, that takes a lot of one. I, I appreciate the, your ability to kind of assess the situation and say, you know, I'm still going to get out there and help and still be a part of training and everything. But you know, I want to focus on you know, getting the team that I, you know, sit on the board with, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to back to the national title. And like you said, like the, the time is, is tough. And what people have to remember listening to the podcast is 
even though you play MLR, there's some that are part-time. There's some, you know, like yourself, like Alex Reese, who's filled in in, in certain spots as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan Rams is, you know, everybody has, a lot of people have day jobs, you know, to, to live in Austin is not cheap. You own, yeah. you, you are the, you are the owner and CEO, president, I don't know, whatever you call yourself of 512 Solar. I will give a yes. shout out to your business on the podcast for sure. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> at 512solar.com. Is, is that the, is that your website? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so ba- basically, if people want solar, pa- solar panels on their house, they should call me. They should call them right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would. I really do hope that someone does give you a call for solar panels just for listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a you know, like I was saying, like it's tougher for a, you know to be an adult and to be a professional rugby player in the U.S. because you're not making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars like you would in Europe or you know not even really anywhere else because rugby players just don't make a lot of money. They play for the love yeah. of the game and love of the sport. And yeah. you know that's, that's why we do it. That's why, that's why people play the game. So kudos to you for that. Um, like you said, um, Blacks and Huns coming up. What are, you know, how, how excited are you guys for... You have the week off this week, right? Yeah, we have the weekend off. I'm actually going to uh, Aspen to go skiing uh, with my girlfriend and some of her friends. So I'm going to take that, take the weekend and reconnect with some family. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we won the first half against the Blacks in the last game. We were winning at halftime. We had about a 15 minute period where we just got way too loose and lost focus. And, and the Blacks are really good at counterattacking and exposing mistakes. Um, when teams make them and they put on three tries in 15 minutes. Other than that, I just feel like we won, we won the rest of the game. So we yep. have 65 minutes of great film of where we were, we beat the blacks and then 15 minutes of film where we fell apart and lost the game, which gives us a lot of confidence to know that, Hey, we just need to, you know, tighten it up and keep our cool and play our game for a full 80 and we can absolutely win this. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you. When I was at the match. It was, it was a phenomenal game. Um, but like you said, 15 minutes of, you know, you kind of lose your head, you know, a couple turnovers that you guys had, then the blacks, they, they counter very quickly and, yeah. and they, they do a good job of that. And they're kind of notorious for doing that over the past couple of years. But yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's important. And obviously we want to get more people out to that game. Um, you know, it's, it is a home game. Again, I always laugh because we talk about, you know, home games, inner city rivals, you know, the field's only separated by about three miles as the crow flies. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it's r- right down the road, but you know, Nixon lane, uh, I think game started at uh, 12 o'clock. Three, three, 3.30 usually. The Division oh, 1 game. Division 1 game, the, yeah. But, yeah, Division 3 will start at noon. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah so, somewhere around there. But you know, I think we're, we're hoping for a lot of people to come out there to that match. We're hoping for a good time. Um, and I think... I'm not sure if the Blacks have the week off this week, but I think that both teams actually do have the weekend off to give everybody a rest for, for the big match. Uh, think tr you plan that appropriately <laughs> yeah well hey you know jp I, I love the time love kind of having you come on tell your story and kind of learn you know a little more about you i think it's important you know where you're again you kind of are one of the unique ones that's 
started with the Huns, moved over to the Gilgronis, but kind of making sure that you, you stay true to your roots and there's something to be commended upon that. So we really appreciate the time. Thanks for, for coming onto the podcast and chatting with us. Any other, you know, kind of uh, shout outs that you want to give on the podcast? We'll, we'll send this all over social media so you can share it with all of your family and friends and, you know, t- tell your dad that you're now on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the, um, the Huns are, we're, I'm also part of a leadership group that's preparing our, for our summer seven season. Oh yeah. Blood fest coming yeah. up. Yeah. We got blood fest. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun, but we've put on, this is now, I think our second or third year doing a, a collegiate scholarship program where we're giving money to college players to come play with the Huns. Um, to subsidize their living costs of relocating to Austin for the summer. But we're looking for rugby supporters in Austin who would be willing and able to house these guys. And it doesn't have to be free. Um, you can actually charge a, a rent if you want. But if you have an extra room or an extra bed or something where we can place these college rugby players and you'd be willing to house them up for a couple months, um, reach out to me or reach out to the Huns and, and just offer that up because uh, that would be a big way to support the rugby community in Austin. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's one of the things that I, you know, I, I saw the post a couple of weeks ago for it. You know, we're talking, it's, it's what, six, about $6,000 worth of scholarship for, you know, for a, a rugby player who wants to come out and, and just kind of hang out. Uh, deadline to apply for that is February 29th. So that's, yep, we've, that's we've got 40 applicants already. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is quite fantastic. 40 applicants for that. Uh, again, if you want to find out more on that, go to hunsrugby.com forward slash scholarship. Uh, you can get more information. You can reach out to JP. I'm sure he'll go on there. You can visit JP's business at 512solar.com as well. So <laughs> again, promoting everybody's business. I love it. So, uh, JP Novak, thanks for the time today. Really appreciate it. Good luck next weekend against the Blacks. We'll be out there. We'll be watching. Uh, hope you have a good one, man. Thanks, Dustin. Go Austin Rugby. Really appreciate JP coming on and talking about his pathway to MLR and his love for the Huns and everything, you know, he's loving about rugby. Again, he's only been playing for you know three or, three or four years now and to look to see where he's come, um, pretty phenomenal. So we really appreciate that. Of course, we want to start talking about the Austin Gilgronies, a uh, big weekend for them last weekend, uh, heartbreaking time out on the pitch. They played their hearts out. It was a fantastic match against the Utah Warriors. So let's kind of give a little quick recap of, of how the game played out. You know, obviously we've been looking for our first win in about 20 matches. Utah Warriors were one and one after a loss to rugby ATL and a win comeback win over the New England Free Jacks. Gilgronies were 0 and 2 with losses to Toronto and to Rugby United New York. Really two minutes into the match, Austin, we continue to have these penalties that build up for us on a regular basis and it really just hurts us. So Utah got an instant chance at a penalty goal, but the, the kick was wide by Schulte. However, at the penalty breakdown, we really struck first and Marcella was able to put a goal over to give us a 3 nothing lead. We continued to attack within the Warriors 22, but we can continue to kind of have penalties and get pressured and have and have turnovers on our side. So that makes it really difficult for us to actually play good field position. The resulting penalty 
led to a five meter line out. And around that same time, Jamie McIntosh with his first start of the season was sin binned. Utah then had a nice little rolling mall and get Mason Peterson got penalized and the Warriors scrummed multiple times. I think I think about three or four times. Eventually it led to a break from Dwayne Palatavio and he went through basically the nine channel for a near try post. Hagen Schultz added the extras for a seven to three lead. Right around the 42nd minute after a few back and forth, a high tackle by Austin led to a Schulte penalty goal to extend the lead to 10-3 at the break. And that's when things started to change for Austin. Frank Halai came on for Penny. Um, Penny had a good game, but was just kind of struggling a little bit there towards the, uh, the end of the first half. Frank came on into that 13 slot and really the first touch of the ball, he broke off for a 43-meter run really had a fantastic breakaway offloaded really played well gave it to Corey Jones Corey tried to do a little grubber in but the went to the end goal for the Warriors resulting in a 22 meter dropout however Austin kept attacking and attacking and attacking and it was really just a fantastic play following a quick tap from penalty a breakaway by Marcelo Torrealba two or three phases more Tion's Erasmus scored a try fantastic diving into the try zone. However, he was injured on the play. It was just a stinger, but it was really, really a fantastic run of play for Austin. Torian Alba conversion led to the match, led the match at 10 all. And then of course there was a Rodrigo Silva high ball taken by Utah. Warriors were penalized at the breakdown. We kicked for touch in a line out and a fantastic breakaway by Zinzan Allen Puttick allowed Austin to offload the ball to Lima Sanitoga, passed it out to Corey Jones. Corey Jones broke a tackle, offloaded sweetly on the inside to Frank Kalai to score his first MLO try of his career. We really hope that that's something that continues here. We want to see more tries by Frank and by the team. Utah was able to slice into the lead 17-13 after a turnover and a penalty goal. And then, of course, there were multiple attempts, multiple tackles by Utah that pushed Austin to the limit. Michael Baska stole the ball a couple times. The Warriors, however, got a penalty at the end of the end of the match, kicked for touch, and then had a rolling mall that ended up pushing Austin back to their try line in the closing seconds with the try scored by Kalolo uh, Tuiloma and breaking the hearts of the Austin players because they had the door almost closed to the first victory in 20 matches. Schulte added the conversion afterwards for a 20 to 20 tie and just so disappointing. We had it. We were so close. However, we couldn't close the match out like we needed to. And yes, it wasn't a win, but to be that close and tie, it hurts. There's a few key stats that really stood up for me on, on the match itself. We were better in possession, so that's great. 54 to 46 in possession. Territory was in our favorite, 52%. We had 16 minutes of attacking time versus 13 for, for Utah. However, the one thing that really hurt us really hurt us and continues to hurt us on a regular basis. Penalties. Utah had nine. Austin had 16, 16 penalties. And and that will kill you every single time because penalties lead to kicks for touch for Utah, which led to lineouts. The other thing that really killed us 
through and through on the match our lineouts. We only won 50% of our lineouts. And that was that was terrible. Uh, balls weren't straight, overthrows. Maybe it's kind of a continued shakeup in in the front row, you know, on the lifters and the jumpers, but at the same time, man, it it absolutely hurts us to have that kind of those kind of errors on penalties and the lineouts not winning. And you can't win matches like that. You tie matches, but you can't win matches. So hopefully they work on that in this coming week against DC. So let's talk real quick about the DC match coming up Saturday, Toyota field, beautiful day. going to be out there down in San Antonio. It's military weekend. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on. Our roster for the game day. Number one, Jamie McIntosh. Number two, Tion Erasmus gets his second start of the year. Number three, Mason Peterson stays in at tight head. Potu Lavasa is number four. Mikhail Nairavatamunga at five. Dominic Aquina, six. Mo Abdominen at seven. Lino Sanitoga, eight. Marcelo is at scrum half. Zinzan, captain at fly. Roderick Waters will start at 11. Gabe Farley continues his good run of form at 12. Frank Halai gets his first start of the season, moving in at 13. Corey Jones at 14. And Rodrigo Silva back there at fullback. One big absent from the list this week is actually for Old Glory. The Beast, Tendai Maturira, will not be playing. He hasn't made the lineup. I don't know if he's actually staying DC or he's here, but will not be in the lineup this week. There are two old Austin players who are going to be on the opposing team. Good to see Travis Larson and Doug Frazier dressing for Old Glory. And of course, Dylan Peterson, too. I almost forgot about him. Three players. So good to see those guys back. Um, be good to go down and chat with them a little bit after the match, but big, big leave out for, for old glory. Their scrum was dominant the past two games and really struggled in the first match, but hopefully that uh, kind of plays in our favor. So the match this week is the cuisine solutions cup. I know there's a big controversy on Reddit and people giving a hard time for it, but I think it's actually pretty exciting. Yes. Cuisine solutions is the sponsor for all glory. They also have a home here in San Antonio now. But who knows? Maybe it ends up resulting in a long-term rivalry. But again, we'll see. <laughs> I think the big thing for Austin this week is to, you know, really get into that attacking rhythm. We saw it right at the end with Frank Halai coming in, starting to attack more, get on that gain line. That's something that we haven't done at all this season. The only big change we have is Frank coming into that starting lineup. Other than that, everybody else is the same from last week. Old Glory made six changes since last week's win over the Houston Sabercats. Uh, Doug Frazier starts in at wing. Uh, Renate Robertana uh, in the reserves. Jason Robertson gets his first selection for all MLR first team last week. Uh, he, he had a solid match against Houston, so good for him. Jake Turnbull will replace the beast at loose head prop with tight head propping will Vakalahi. And of course, U.S. national team hooker Mikey Sosefangi will make his first appearance with the team this week. So again, DC looks tough. They're two and one in a very tough Eastern conference. I mean, they have the Eastern conference just looks absolutely stacked. And it's kind of odd because we thought that it was going to be the Western Conference this year with returning champions, Seattle and San Diego. But the Eastern Conference has kind of surprised some people. So kind of looking at the head to head matchup for Austin and Old Glory. 
you know, we're, we're pretty even all the way through. We both have about 46% possession. We both play, you know, somewhere around 40 to 50% territory. Attacking minutes are both equal. Defending minutes are equal. But I think the one thing that we continue to see is the penalties and the gain line. We're not getting over the gain line quite as much as most teams in the league. You know, our accuracy for our hit ups is a little bit lower than DC, but still we have a lot of solid, a lot of solid momentum from last week's game that we can build on. You talk about like some of our top scores, obviously Marcelo's our top scorer. We don't really have anybody who's a breakout scorer. We have our line breaks are not as high as some of the other teams. You know, you talk about DC, they have 11 line breaks. They average 3.7 per game and we're averaging somewhere around two. So we've got six, not a lot. I think one thing we need to watch out for in old glory is Jason Robertson. He averages about 85 meters per game when he carries the ball. You know, our highest person carrying the ball is going to be Lino and Lino's averaging about 69 meters per match. And that's, you know, to have your eight being your leading, your leader, leading ball carrier is not something you really want. You want to get that out to your centers and into your wings. So hopefully that can change this week. Our defense really has killed us a lot. You know, we have some, we, we, we make a lot of tackles, but that means we're on defense a lot. Poto Lavasa, he's, he's got 44 tackles on the season. He averages about 14 a game. Him and Dominic Aquina, that's the reason why they were in the starting 15 for the MLR week three, because so many tackles last week. Their tackle accuracy is spot on. Dom's is 100% last week and so far this season. I think he's pretty close to 100%. Gabe Farley is the reason why he's coming back is because he's got a solid tackle percentage. And, and Potu. Potu has, he averages about 1.7 dominant tackles per match. You know, for DC, Gordon Fullerton is somebody who's also got to watch out for him too. He averages about two dominant tackles per match. And I think for us, we really need to continue to work on on our penalties. Don't don't concede offloads. You know, we average about 8.3 a game and don't concede penalties. That means wrapping and tackling and getting people to the ground on, you know, when they need to get down there. We are first in league in penalties conceded, but Old Glory is third, so they're not far behind. And really for us, I think the big keys for us to pull out the victory this week is going to be sitting down and making sure that our lineouts are good and our scrum is good. With the Beast not playing for Old Glory, that's going to give us a lot of opportunity to to push that scrum as hard as we need to, but we really need to clean up our lineouts. That's really important. So that's kind of what we got for this week's match for the Gilgronies. I'd love now to bring on our Gilgroni player this week. So hope you enjoy this interview. Our next guest on the podcast this week, we wanted to bring on one of the new Austin Gilgroni players for this season. Um, I actually still having a hard time saying Gilgronies. Uh, I'll, I'll get there. The AGs, uh, Austin Rugby, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> want to welcome Skylar Adams to the podcast. Skylar, how's it going, brother? Yeah, it's going all right, bro. How you going? Yeah, good, good. Just, um, you know, trying to trying to get through the week, get excited for this week's match, um, yeah, you know, man. against Old Glory. Um, but lo- lo- lots of good things going on. So what we like to do 
for all the new players that kind of join us uh, on the podcast, we want to get to know you a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, just kind of telling us who you are. Uh, we all know you're Skyler, uh, but who you are and, you know, where you're from and, and kind of what position you play and give them a, give everybody kind of like the 50,000 foot view of, of who Skylar Adams is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Play prop. Um, was born in California and moved to Colorado. Um, grew up there. That's where I first started playing rugby. Um, uh, was for the Colorado Springs junior Grizzlies, um, under, uh, James Patterson's dad, John and, um, played with him. Uh, a couple of state championships, couple, I think it was Urfu back in the day, like Eastern Rocky Rugby Football Union, um, U17, U19 things, and kind of made my way to Lindenwood and had a short, short stint there. Um, and then popped out, played for Glendale Raptors. Um, then from there, got to AIC and spent four years there, got the fancy piece of paper. And uh, <laughs> a, f- a fancy, expensive piece of paper yeah, that tells yeah. you, I mean, do, you you can do something later in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was blessed to be able to receive, uh, you know, financial aid to play play rugby out there because it wouldn't happen without it. So, um, played out there with Josh under Josh Macy and um, graduated. And about ten days after that, went to New Zealand and went there to play rugby and then sort out some family and stuff like that. And then was there for the last three years and then literally came from Christchurch to Austin. Yeah, so, man, that's a that's, uh, a, that's kind of yeah. kind of a whirlwind of experience uh, going around from you know from Colorado to to AIC and then down to New Zealand and so should should comment though that you went down and were actually at the uh, the Crusaders High Performance Academy, right? Yeah, yeah, I was in there um, with John Hags and a bunch of other boys. Also, uh, was there with uh, Kurt Warner, who's uh, playing for ATL right now. Um, oh yeah, okay. So him and I were both down there together, and uh, and then um, yeah, trained down there, played for New Brighton. Um, rugby club, which is, which is also experience. Um, and I mean, even being the, the Crusaders facility and then, you know, having those coaches and those boys working with us and to try to be a sponge as much as you, you, know, you can. Um, it was awesome. It was a, a yeah, absolutely. amazing experience. Yeah. Be, being in a we kind have, of a facility like the Crusaders have that, that I bet that's a kind of a, you know, let's say once in a lifetime opportunity, but it's the ability for you to go train with one of the top organizations you know, in the world, what's that, what's that like uh, to kind of walk into something as an American, um, you know, coming to New Zealand and kind of doesn't really happen that, that often where, you know, players go and play in New Zealand. Usually it's just New Zealanders that go to the academies. What's that like for, what was that like for you? You know, I, uh, I was a little con- concerned at first going into it. Like, man, it's going to be a real step up. This is going to be, you know, a lot different and stuff like that. And I got in, like, uh, I was expecting it to be kind of like, what you see in like the NFL or NHL, the guys that have been there for a while or stuff like that are going to be real, um, kind of brutish and just not really accepting stuff like that. And I got there and it was just open arms. Um, take you in. It's all right. We're going to find out what you're good at, what you're not good at. We're going to tell you exactly what that is. And then we're going to work on those things with you and, and kind of grow what you need, you know, specific to your needs kind of stuff. But it was like the facility, the setup, the yeah. admin, the, uh, the coaching staff, the, uh, the physio, all those, all those things coming together and what that actually looks like in a, not just a professional program, but also what that looks like for a team that has a legacy, like it sets up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Crusaders have a bit of a legacy the past, yeah, uh, I don't know, tw- tw- 20 years or so. Yeah. They, they, they've won a, They've won a few, a few pieces of silverware every now yeah. and then. So <laughs> <laughs> What's that? it's like not often you go across the street, uh, rugby park and, 
go to Machino's little cafe there and you sit in there and there's six all blacks just having coffee. You're just like, all right, well, I'm trying not to stay here. I'm just going to sit here and shake their hand and say, Hey, and then, you know, go about and get my own self coffee. But yeah, it, was, it was an incredible experience. It was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. So you, you kind of find your way then back to the U S and major league rugby. And well, at the time when you signed the Austin herd and then now the, now the Gil Gronies, you know, what's in the, 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 the AGs. <laughs> What's been some of the the kind of changes that you've seen? Uh, obviously, you know, if people follow follow on social media, the facility up in Round Rock. Uh, there's been a bit of a facelift. <laughs> yeah, you can say uh, that a little you, bit. You, you've got you've you've got some few new toys up there. What's it been like? Uh, you know, to have um, you know the, the new Royals LLC management kind of come through and, and help build one of the, you know, a world-class facility up there. It's, it's been awesome, man. They basically, you know, we're sitting there on a Monday and we're training some guys. We don't know, don't know who they are and stuff. And by Wednesday morning, there are boys We're you know, we're taking things kind of over and we're going to give you everything you need to be successful. So that's the real cool thing that came in is, all right, what do you guys need? We see you're lacking this, you're lacking this, lacking this. We're going to just do that for you guys. We're going to make sure this happens. So it's kind of exciting because every week we have something new for us, right? Boys, we're going to have, you know, new physios doing this and this. We're going to have these guys doing that. And then, you know, you said the, the whole facility is changing, you know, admins down at, at Coda and, uh, you know, trying to fight all the race cars off and all this stuff <laughs> showing up in the gym and all the boys trying to build the gym and stuff like that. I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, um, it's hard because it's, things are changing so quickly. So, um, just more of a, yeah, just absolutely. Awesome to see, you know, someone's came in interested. Hey boys, we're going to try to give you everything you need to be professional athletes and, and be the high, highest performance you can you know, get yourself to. There shouldn't be any excuse. Here's the tools. Now you got to do the work. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, great to see from our standpoint as fans, as people who, who followed the club. And I think it, you know, it bodes very well, you know, very well to this kind of mentality of, you know, we have world-class players and athletes and people coming into the organization. Why not have world-class facilities? Um, you know, going down to bold stadium, you know, round rock multi-purpose complex is nice, but, uh, I'm sure you can attest bold stadiums a little bit nicer. Yeah. yeah there's nothing wrong with round rock, uh, motor complex. It's awesome to be there and train. But when you go down to Coda, you're just like, wow. Okay. Like, yeah, I feel fancy. Like, I don't know if I can touch something. They're going to get mad at me. Like, you know, but no, the, the Coda guy has been awesome too. Just we come in there and just uh, <laughs> not knowing what we can and can't do. And they're just like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, can I sit here? Yeah, it's yours, yeah. man. Sweet. Yeah. And, and kind of, you know, tied with that, you talk about coaching, you talk about players that are coming on. You, you've now had the opportunity, you know, we've been, I guess you came and joined us back in, what was it November? I think is when you were officially here or maybe yeah, December when, when you officially arrived in. Yeah. No, late, late November, trying to get set up and stuff. And then, um, been here since, uh, since then before, uh, preseason started. Yep, exactly. And, and so now that the season's gone on, um, got in against the, against Toronto. Um, I, I was trying to look, my computer just kind of died on me a second ago here. So, um, I, I, were you in the match for, for Rooney as well? Or no, I, uh, I just traveled along for, for injury stuff. Um, so, yep. um, yeah, just got in on Toronto, uh, which is cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I said, we got some, some new players and stuff like that. And so it's awesome to be able to learn off them. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it is. Yeah. Players like, you know, again, you being a prop coming in, having somebody like, um, you know, well, you kind of already had Juan Echevarria who's here. Um, and he's a, you know, I don't know, say 70 caps with Uruguay or something like that. Um, yeah, you know, he's a great, great international prop. But then of course, then you've got an all black, you got Jamie McIntosh with the team now. What's it like to kind of, 
you know, have such a variety of players, you know, like yourself and Larome and, you know, you've got Mason, you know, the, the Americans, but then you've got, you know, international guys like, um, <clears throat> like Juan and like Jamie that you guys are all trying to communicate and be on the same wavelength and, you know, push one another to, to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's like we get to compete with them. So, you know, they set the bar and now we get to see where we kind of stand against them. And the cool part is, you know, once it's done and dusted, but they're saying, Hey, I should try this, do that. You know, they're passing on knowledge. Hey boys, the front row needs to change this a little bit. So it's uh, you know, working iron sharpens iron. Right. So if we can give them, good stuff to get better and push sure. us, push them. Then they can give us good things to push back. So I thought being a good, good positive mindset and, uh, you know, competing against each other, but cooperating because, you know, the AG's got to win. That's how we have to, that's what we're worried about. Right. So yeah, for us, it's about making no, that happen. So what's the way we would do that? Okay, cool. Well, let's try this, you know, that's great. And, and I know that the, you know, there's been a lot of players we talked with JP Novak a little bit ago and, you know, it's really kind of fascinating his story. Uh, obviously he's a hun who came onto the AGs. Have you kind of aligned yourself with the blacks or the huns here in town and, and <laughs> dressed up with either of those? Uh, uh yeah. I, I, you know, if, 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 if you don't want to admit who you're, who you're rooting for, you don't have to, but <laughs> no, there are definitely two camps on the team right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got to play with the huns a couple of times and I got to play against the Gilgronis with the blacks one time. And Honestly, they're they're both awesome. Like it's hard. I'm not going to pick one or the other because I think uh, it's about rugby. <laughs> you, get in, you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And so I'm just going. You know, it's awesome to see those guys and have such good you know programs and clubs, and then be able to have guys come from there, come to our trainings, train with us, and take things back, and have us you know we have the availability to drop down and and uh, play with them if that's if that's possible and stuff like that. So I think it's awesome that there's yeah. two teams so close to one another. You know, like. That's, that's just doesn't you only really see that in any other place like when I played with the Raptors it was basically just the Raptors and now we have the Barbos uh, which can compete and stuff like that but it wasn't, yeah. usually you, you see one city have one you know real good D1 team and Austin's got yeah. two and so yeah cool exactly Three three miles apart from one another as as, uh, as JP and I were talking about you know, yeah. as the crow flies three map, miles and gets put that in map quest. I was like, what? It's, it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally right down the road. Yeah, but well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of passion I've noticed uh, from the boys uh, who play for the clubs and stuff, and and they're you know real strong blacks, real strong Huns, and um, you know I popped on Reddit a couple of times to read some of the old histories and stuff and things, and so it's cool to see that. You don't, know, don't. Okay. I say don't do that to yourself sometimes. It's, uh, you can you can see a lot of stuff you don't want to read. <laughs> yeah, I've learned to uh, stay off yeah, more I mean, than on. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, and I think that's that's kind of important. And you were kind of you know when you came in, you were definitely there. You know, going to again, like you said, playing the matches. You guys have been practicing. What's it been like to? you know, to really go out as, as, as on the professional side, on the, on the AG side to go and to continue to work with the local clubs and not stay so siloed, you know, kind of in previous seasons, the, you know, the AGs or elite or go or herd or whoever, whatever you want to call it was kind of off on its own. Didn't really intermingle with the, uh, you know, the, the D one side, what's that been like to kind of go down there and just work with those guys on a regular basis? Because I know you guys hold kind of joint practices in some occasions. We did a lot more in the preseason. preseason. Yeah. A lot more in preseason. Yeah, yeah. And that was the cool part is that, you know, we'd run things against them. They run stuff against us and you know, they have some really good quality. You know, that's the awesome part is that they can make us better. And that's the thing I think people don't think about is that they're, you know, bringing the heat as well. So that's the cool part about, playing against them or training against them or, you know, packing down against the blacks or running our lineups and stuff against the Huns like that. So I think it's, uh, it's cool to see that the, the AGs are using that kind of 
or want to bridge that gap. Obviously you said there was some, I think there's some hard things in the past and different people and different managements and different clubs had like uh, issues with the elite and this and that, but it's cool. Hopefully there's like a, a bandaid to start, start the healing process between for sure you here and, and there. Cause I know all the, the intentions are really good. Like we just want to, you know, support and be in Austin rugby. Like it's not, it shouldn't be Huns, Blacks, AGs. It should be rugby for Austin. So yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I want to see. At least that's, I think what the, the overall goal is for us. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, what, what we've been working on just in the supporters group and on the podcast itself is being inclusive of everybody. Yeah. Huns, Blacks, uh, Orcs oh, yeah, at the, the D3 club. level. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The rugby club, Valkyries. Gotta love the women's yeah, side too. Like they, they go out and they go out and kick butt all the time. What's that? Huh? Sorry. You, yeah. I think you cut out there for a minute. So it was okay. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, for, for, for us, uh, for us, it's, uh, it's great to see that, that kind of involvement and that engagement with the local community, you know, going down to New Zealand where, I mean, rugby is life down there. It is, it's a national, national sport. It's on every channel. That's, you know, it's, I, I consider it like the NFL to, to the U S um, you know, down in New Zealand. What's it, what do you think are some of the changes that are you either see happening or you'd like to see happen from, you know, rugby in the U S side to kind of build up to what it's like in New Zealand and kind of give us that experience of what you saw when you were down there in New Zealand. Uh, one of the big things is, is the youth rugby stuff. Um, you know, you're seeing, you know, Saturday morning, everything slows down a little bit. And, you know, the first thing in the morning, you know, 9am, the first, you know, six year old boys are playing or six year old girls. It, it's intermixed at that age. And so if you're walking to the park in the club, like if you play for a club, New Brighton had, you know, 10, 15 teams for that age group. And then there's U9s, U10s, U14s, U, you know, 16, 17s and U18s before you go into like the, uh, the Colts side, stuff like that. And so there's grades for every age group. And you know, that's where it all starts. Like we, the United States has the athletes, right? We have the biggest, the fastest people, for the most part, but then you pick up a ball when you're 23 in college, you're not going to be able to close that gap. I mean, it's awesome if you can um, cross over. I mean, if you look at, you know, Dom, like fantastic athlete, he played a little bit at, um, and, and in college and stuff like that. And, you know, he's, he's, it's awesome to see that. And so we got to get more of that kind of stuff happening. But honestly, before that to happen, I think it has to become like NCAA or something like that. Like, you know, I know it's like the, it's like a catch 22. It's like a good thing, bad thing to go and see. Yeah. But like reason, why, you know, kids go play baseball or kids go play football because if they do it well enough, there's a reward for scholarship. They can go to school and earn education. And that's just not a massive thing in the States yet for, for that. And so for me, it's like the youth stuff. I think that's a big, big difference. You know, I'm watching, you know, six year old kids put grubbers on and pass behind their back. Um, <laughs> at that age, what they can, you know, do if they, we hear like if you saw this past weekend against Utah, like, um, you know, the, the, the wee kids out there, um, running around like, man, those kids in a couple of years will be, will be, will be great. By the time they're 15, they're going to have so many things down, you know, they're going to be yeah. already you know ahead of the bar. And I think that's a big thing is the youth stuff. But, um, I think it's the difference too, because I think Americans are a sports culture, but New Zealand is a rugby culture. So like, yeah, we have about the yeah. sports, but if it ain't footy. It's, it's not, you know, not really grabbing all that attention. You know, everything slows down. Like you have club rugby all day and then what, you know, seven, you know, 35 at night, super rugby, or if they're playing away in South Africa, or they're in, you know, Australia or something like that, you know, weird times, you know, two o'clock yeah. in the morning while everyone's still up, you know, bars will stay open yeah. and stuff like that. So their whole country is their culture of rugby and it has been for over a hundred years. So it'll get there one day. I think with <laughs> enough funding and getting youth going, 
the United States could be doing yeah. cool things. Yeah, and I think it's it's good to see kind of that growth, like you said. You know, it's halftime of the of the game last week, and the Huns youth is out there. They're playing around. Like I love seeing, what was it, like 50, 60 kids out there running around on the field, just yeah. kind of showing off, showing off their time. skills. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, even got some television coverage from it too. So it's some nice video of the kids running around and playing. But you know, but uh, you go back to talking about what you said, you know, regarding you know athletes and crossover athletes. You know, yeah, Dom, great example, and and things like that. Were you a crossover? Or were you a crossover to rugby? You know, in college, or did you kind of grow up? You know, with with ball in hand. I mean, I didn't start playing until I was fifteen, so I didn't. I did uh, other sports. I played still so, still younger than a lot of people too. Yeah, so. yeah still younger than a lot of people, I guess. Um, so I was lucky that you know when I was a freshman in high school, someone said, "Hey, you were trying to play rugby?" I'm like, "Nah, they run a lot. I don't want to do that. Like, run. I'm a big man. I don't want to run. That's not the <laughs> thing I want to do." You know, nothing and then i wasn't you know i didn't really play football a whole lot i did it because uh my dad you know loved it and stuff so wanted to you know make him proud and play and stuff like that because my dad was real small growing up um he was like i don't know when he was 18 he was like you know four foot 11 95 pounds and, you know, when I'm, like, <laughs> I'm six foot one you know 230 pounds so he's like you can go do stuff like you can go hit people i'm like yeah. <laughs> and someone you know said go play rugby is uh this guy named tyler black and He's like, hey, come, come to the you know, spring sport. I'm like, nah. He said, well, come, come up here. We only train Tuesdays and, and Thursdays, and we play Saturdays. It's real chill. There's nothing, you know, nothing crazy. He, he lied, of course. Um, got me there. And, and <laughs> as as all as all rugby recruiters do. Yep, 100. percent You gotta you gotta lie to him. Yeah. Oh, you can pass the ball. What? I can pass the ball. Oh, you can carry it. Ooh. Okay. That's okay. Ooh. I'll, I'll come on, I'll I get come. to run. I don't gotta block anybody. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get yelled at if I hit somebody. Nope. You get you get pat on the back for that. I'm like, oh, okay. Um. <laughs> and looking over and then um, having, you know, some, some family stuff with New Zealand and then coming there and, and John, of course, is Kiwi. Um, Patterson, his son, um, played for the Crusaders and the Highlanders and for USA, James Patterson, like, way a long time ago. Um, yeah. Just got there and I was like, this is going to be sweet and got involved and, and then never looked back, never touched football again, never touched baseball again, um, just kept playing rugby. And then that was like the sole thing. But I was blessed to be able to play for Colorado Springs Grizzlies. Um, and play yeah. like Highland and stuff like that and play against some, you know, some good high school sides of that, at that time. And there's a little bit of epicenter of rugby back in Colorado. So it was just a, a good, um, good location and a good opportunity there. So I had fun. That's awesome. Yeah. How, how's your now? So now that you, you're an official professional athlete, I say official U S professional athlete, uh, is a better way to put it. How's your dad feel about that? You know, now that, you know, yeah, it's not professional football, but yeah, it's, it's a he's, sport he's that we all proud. love and that, that you love for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, he's, he's stoked, man. It's uh it's cool to make him proud and hopefully make the uh, coaches and people that I've played with him for proud as well. And so it's really cool to see. Oh, for sure. Uh, like, I mean, he used to come down from work and, and pick me up from practice or he'd get it off a little early and sit there and watch me and stuff like that. And, at that time, I was just getting my ass kicked. So uh, I was hating the first <laughs> quit. He's like, you're not going to quit. You know, there's, you, you don't quit. There's no quit. And he made me go do it. And it's the best thing that he ever did was make me stick with it. Cause I mean, it just led to this, led to get an education, led to going to you know, New Zealand and, and playing and, and chasing down the fun and, and stuff like that. So, uh, that's great. And then it led to Austin, which is, you know, I'm proud to be here. Proud to be part of the AGs and, you know, Getting the, my hand around Texas a little bit is it can't it's uh, <laughs> I, I can't get the frontage roads and the and the the highway man. Uh, I, I don't, don't worry about it. Man. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's you just don't worry about it. You just got you got to deal with it, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> for those that don't, for those that don't live in Austin who listen, uh, yeah, the traffic and the roads around here are just insane right now. It, it's it's a pretty busy place, but it's all good. Well, you know, real real quick, we want to touch base, kind of about you know last week's game a little bit, and going into this week, um, heart. I, I'd say heartbreaker is a, is a yeah. bit of a way to describe it. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Again, people are like, well, you you. If the losing streak is over, like yeah, that's fine. But it's still a heartbreaker. Like we talked, to, we talk about it on the podcast. Like it was, it was a great game, a great second half. Again, first half, I thought you know we there was a couple things that we were you know that we needed to work on. Obviously, lineouts were one of them. What's been you know what was the kind of the the mentality you know post match you know five minutes post match five hours post match and then you know kind of going into this this week worth of training. Uh, man, like you can just tell with the boys when you go down the field, you know, like uh, they look in their face and their eyes, like it just, you know, hurts. And it's, I think they, you know, they knew the second they, they walked off that field into that change that, you know, it hurt, but it's like, all right, now it's time to use this for next week because we're this close to it. And, and for us, I guess uh, for the most part, yeah, it was a draw, but it felt like a loss, you know, like we had that yeah, and we had that game. But you know, we just didn't uh, finish out the way it went. Uh, we didn't, we didn't, you know, draw. We just uh, ran out of time. So yeah, um, it's uh, kind of been the fuel for the for the week. You know, it's like the, we're not going to let this happen. We got so close this time, and like you said, there's been that that from last year, and then the last two the year before. And there's a lot of boys on here. You know, the guys have been here for for three years who, you know, trying to end you know, 20 games of, of not being on top yet. And man, boys are working hard trying to make sure they do all the right things. Coach has been giving us the the stuff we need to see and the things we need to make changes on and to, you know, to get ready for a good DC side um, out in San Antonio. So it'll be uh, a good test to see, you know, can we bounce back from what happened this time kind of thing. So I think uh, yeah, for sure. every week's like that for us. So we will get one week at a time. How are we going to take this down? How are we going to conquer this beast and how are we can make it happen? So I know the boys. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, no, I was saying, no, I was, I was just going to say, you know, like everything is, you know, week by week. It's not looking long term and saying, Hey, how do we, how do we improve on the, the week that we had last week? How do we take, play that full, you know, 90 minutes or 80 minutes, excuse me, 90 minutes. I'm losing my mind there. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, how do you play that full 80 minutes and, you know, clean up lineouts and clean up our, our penalties and things like that. So, um, kind of that mental state that you had. Yeah. Because like I said, you gotta look at it, acknowledge it, accept it. And then what do we gotta do to make it right? So yeah, that's what the exactly. focus has been this week is, is making those things right. And, uh, putting things together to hopefully uh, razzle dazzle everybody down in San Antonio. There you go. All right. Well, we want to kind of wrap things up here on, on your first interview on the podcast, uh, with some rapid fire questions. Uh, uh we'll, 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 we'll take a minute of time. Um, th- there will be no gong or anything like that. I mean, I'll put it in post-production, okay. <laughs> uh, but, but it'll be just one minute. I'm just going to start running off a whole bunch of different questions that I got here. Uh, so some are funny, some are kind of serious. Um, but then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up and I'll, uh, close out and, and let you get back to a little bit of relaxation before your second round of pra- uh, practice today. Yeah, boy. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me start my clock here. Are you ready? Ready. All right, let's go. If, if you could be a professional in any other sport in the world, what would it be? Definitely golf. They don't take the hit in contact. I, mean, I see that's kind of smart now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, who was your favorite rugby team growing up? Uh, always was the Crusaders. I'm um, always watching having John, you know, be a part of Canterbury and stuff. 
Definitely Crusaders. Sure. All right. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, I've been I've been digging Narcos uh, right now. Which which season of Narcos? Uh, Mexico. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> got you. Got to quantify some of those. Yeah. Uh, who's who is the best dancer on the team? Uh, Larome, man, Larome White, best dancer. He's got the moves. Mm-hmm. He's got asking for Larome. Who's who's the worst dancer on the team? Uh, <laughs> probably me, actually. Probably me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. What was the last thing you cooked? Uh, last thing I cooked was some um, uh, tofu burgers, actually. Tofu burgers. Uh, what's yeah. one thing you still own from your childhood? One thing I own from my childhood. Uh, I have a watch my grandfather gave me that's broken and beat up and not very nice, but it's uh, still got it. That's awesome. Last question. Who has the best hair on the team? I'm going to say Dom Aquina. I'm going to go with Dom. He's got some beautiful Dom? hair. Yes. I, I know Corey's going to say something about I that know, too. So. <laughs> you, know, you can't have it all the way. Come on, man. You, you got some nice flowing locks there. You don't, you, you could have said you. Nah, <laughs> I'm a forward Dom man. Does have, Dom does have, well, Dom's a forward. I'm a front rower then. Let's go with that. I know it's, 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 it's a, it's a different, it's, it's a different level of forward. <laughs> it's, I, maybe yeah, that's true. the flowing locks that make him run so fast. <laughs> well, uh, hey, uh, Skylar, appreciate, appreciate Oh yeah, exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> always funny. Well, Hey man, I, I do appreciate the time. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to some of the guys and just kind of, you know, shoot the shit for a little bit. That's kind of what we love doing. Yeah, so, uh, good, 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 good luck this week. Home game sort of is a home game, uh, playing down in San Antonio against DC. Um, in, any last things, any last shout out you'd like to give to anybody who will be listening to the podcast this week? Yeah, man. Up the boys, up the AGs, man. Let's go get it boys. <laughs> Yep. All right. Skylar Adams. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Well, that's, I really appreciate Skylar coming on and talking about it. He's had a really great path to coming to MLR from college, from high school, even in California and all the way down to the Crusaders in New Zealand. So great to chat with him. Look forward to seeing him out on the field again sometime soon. Not in the starting lineup this week, not or not in the lineup this week, excuse me, but he's actually, you know, hopefully he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. He's got a, he's got a big, he's got a big solid frame, good in the scrum. So I look forward to seeing what he can grow into, you know, over the course of the season. That's pretty much all we have time for today. I greatly appreciate the time. Lots of excitement. Lots of teams in action this week. Huns and Blacks are coming up March 7th. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a battle there at Nixon Lane. Get ready for that, Austin. If you can make it down to Toyota Field, come on down. Three o'clock kickoff. It's going to be a beautiful day. Sunny in 75. Toyota Field is an amazing place. It's an hour south of Austin. Hour and hour and 10 minutes or so. So come on down. It's going to be a wonderful time. We really appreciate you joining the podcast. Again, for all information about rugby in MLR, tune in to Doug Coyle Rugby, DJ Coyle Rugby. Follow the guys over there at Earful of Dirt Podcast. We look forward to seeing you guys out at all the matches coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Again, my name is Dustin. Thanks so much for joining us. You're listening to the Austin Rugby Podcast. And as always, we'll see you on the pitch.